0: Well, grace and peace to you in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and I pray to God that you've had a grace-filled start to the new year. It's good to see everybody here today, and we're especially glad to introduce our new children's moment. Uh, When we changed our church schedule, part of the rationale was we believe that families need to worship within the larger church family, and parents said, that's great, but help, and so we've done several things. We have certainly strengthened up our children's bags and activities. Uh, you've noticed maybe we brought the lights up a little bit more so the children can see what they're doing during the service. And brand new for today was a children's moment. And as we discussed this, we were real concerned our children might be uncomfortable coming up to the stage. I think we had almost 30 boys and girls up here. Uh, by the time we, the pastors finished counting, they'll be about 100. And we're just thrilled at the response, and we're looking forward to continuing to raise this new generation in the faith. Uh, today we are also introducing a brand new churchwide year-long theme for 2022, which is Route 66, and we're we'll going to be talking about that throughout the month. Our scripture for the day comes from Second Timothy, chapter three, beginning with verse 14, "Listen closely for God's word." But as for you, Amen. If I only knew then what I know now. We've all shared that sentiment on occasion. Because life rushes by at breakneck speed, and we always feel like we're a day behind and a dollar short. Today's knowledge would have been very helpful yesterday, and tomorrow's preparations never seem to be enough. We feel ill-equipped to make decisions at life's many crossroads. In the cartoon strip, Peanuts, Charlie Brown is complaining about this to Linus and says, "'Life is just too much for me. I've been confused right from the start. I think the whole trouble is we're thrown into life too fast. We're not really prepared.'" Linus looks puzzled and asks, "'What did you want?' A chance to warm up first. Bumper sticker philosophy gets at the root of the matter. Life's a rat race and the rats are winning. Just when I figured out all the answers, they changed the questions. I got my stuff together and then I forgot where I put it. Somewhere at home, all of us have a folder, a drawer, a shelf, maybe a closet filled with all those owner's manuals that come with blenders, microwaves, coffee makers, appliances, cars, yard equipment, games, sports, and more. And for the most part, they remain pristine and pure in their plastic wrapper, never opened. What we need is an owner's manual for life. And many people have attempted that publishing feat. Go to any bookstore in our neighborhood, and you will find hundreds of publications and periodicals that will tell you how to succeed financially, improve a marriage, raise children, lose weight, increase your self-esteem, And so much more. Turn on the TV and there are self-proclaimed experts that are shoveling out even more advice. And people gobble that stuff up. But does anybody really change? The next month, that same advice will be regurgitated. And yet people are still looking for answers. And the result is that many are drifting through life like a ship without a rudder that gives direction or to make the analogy more apt, hurtling down class four whitewater rapids in an underinflated raft without a paddle while hundreds of spectators on the shore are screaming out meaningless advice. What we need is a compass point by which to steer, a trusted guide that we can follow, a true owner's manual for life. And because you're sitting in church and I'm a preacher, you probably figured out where I'm going with this, right? God has provided us just such an owner's manual, the Bible, the scriptures are designed to teach us how to live as God's people in this world. And yet oftentimes we neglect and ignore it. So today, as we're beginning this new series on Route 66, I want to begin with a very basic question. What is the Bible? And there are several different responses you can make to that question. The first is the Bible is a library. It is a book of books. We usually think of the Bible as one book, but within its covers, it contains 66 different books written at different times and places by a variety of authors over a span of centuries. The second answer is, it is a religious manual. It teaches us how to live moral and ethical lives. And the spiritual principles contained in Scripture are not only the foundation for the Judeo-Christian heritage, but also for Western civilization. A third answer is that it is a faith history. It records a series of covenants that God made with God's people in both the Old Testament and then in the New Testament through Jesus Christ. It is the faith story of the people called Jews and Christians. And all of those answers are true. That it is a library, a book of books, a religious manual, a faith history, but none of them are complete because we believe that the Bible is the living word of God. God's word spoken through human words, the Holy Spirit acting through human agency. Hebrews says that the Bible, the word of God, is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. But in our scripture lesson today, in 2 Timothy, Paul uses a different imagery that I think is powerful. And whenever I talk about the authority of Scripture, I draw upon this image that Paul crafts for us. He's pulling from Genesis chapter 2, where you may recall the Lord God Almighty, as he's creating the heavens and the earth, kneels down in the dirt and shapes first man out of the clay. And there's this inanimate object laying there until God breathes into Adam's nostrils and he becomes a living creature. That's the imagery Paul is using when he says all Scripture is God-breathed. The Holy Spirit breathes into ink and paper and makes it the living Word of God. We don't read the Bible the way we read any other book because when you open the pages of Scripture, you're entering into a conversation with the one who knows you, created you, and loves you. And oftentimes we talk about interpreting the Bible, but the reality is that the Bible is also interpreting us. Paul goes on to say that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for, listen to the four verbs, teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training. Teaching. One of the primary models we see between Jesus and the disciples is that he was rabbi and they were students. And Jesus promised the Holy Spirit would be our tutor to instruct us in the ways of faith. The second is rebuking. One of the things that happens when we read God's word is suddenly the Holy Spirit begins to convict us of the things that are not right in our lives, which need to change. The third is correcting There's an Old English word we use for Scripture. We call it the canon, C-A-N-O-N, of our faith. Canon in Old English is a measuring stick, like a yardstick. And the Bible measures us and shows us where we need to grow and where we need to mature. And that fourth verb is training, because at the heart of the Christian experience is discipleship, that this is not a casual flirtation with God, but a disciplined approach to following Jesus Christ. But Paul doesn't end there. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training so that the servant of God might be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You see, Bible study is both an end and a means to an end. The end is the formation of our souls. But that means to an end is also that it equips us for righteous works in the world about us as we live out our faith and we share the gospel with others. Unfortunately, we oftentimes neglect and ignore the owner's manual of life. Now, this next illustration I'm going to use, I'll claim it from the start, is a gender stereotype, all right? But you decide if it's true. Have you ever watched the male of the species put something together? Our motto is, if all else fails, read the instructions. Because real men don't need no stinking directions. And oftentimes, that's how we approach life and the Bible. I had a preaching professor once who said, when you're preaching, use Bible stories as illustrations because a lot of the folks have never heard them. We're living in an age of biblical illiteracy, and it's not always just out there. We may have well-raised generations that can't name all four Gospels, that don't know who preached the Sermon on the Mount, and cannot recite the greatest commandment. We may have adults in our church who think that Sodom and Gomorrah were husband and wife, that the epistles were the wives of the apostles, and that Paul wrote a... letter to the Philippine Islands. I hear people fuss about the Ten Commandments being banned from classrooms and from courtrooms, and yet if put on the spot, how many of us could name all ten of them? We talk about wanting the Bible being taught to our children in the classroom. How often are we teaching the Bible in our homes? I want to ask you a few diagnostic questions, and this is a self-scoring test. You don't have to share it with anybody else. Do you know where your Bible is at home? How much dust does it have on it? When was the last time you opened it and read it? When was the last time you read an entire chapter of the Bible? Have you ever read the entire New Testament? Have you ever read from Genesis 1 through Revelation 22? Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a leading Christian author and theologian of the past century. And he served in Germany during the rise of Hitler and watched as both the church and the culture bowed to Nazism. And he found himself involved in a plot to overthrow Hitler, was imprisoned, and eventually was executed by the Nazis days before the Allies came and freed the prisoners in that camp. He talked about how we as God's people need to go through the process of what he called conformation, to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. And he also borrowed from Cervantes' work, Don Quixote, and said the church dare not face this culture with rusty swords. You know, the Bible calls... the. Word of God, the sword of the Lord. And he said the church too long has allowed that sword to rust and to become dull. And if we're going to live faithful lives and if we're going to engage in a fallen world, then we dare not use rusty swords in order to do so. And so, this year we are emphasizing here at Northside Church the importance, the value, the authority of Scripture in the Christian life, and in the church. And our church-wide year-long theme is Route 66. The 66 comes from, as you've heard, there are 66 books in the Protestant Bible, Old and New Testament. And Route, because that's an amazing image of what the Christian life is all about. It's a journey. And as long as we are alive, we are continuing to grow and mature in the faith as we follow Jesus Christ step by step. And our goal is for the entire congregation to read the New Testament together in 2022. Let me tell you how that's going to work. We're going to introduce a series throughout January in the worship series. Then on Monday, January the 31st, our reading plan is going to start. It's easy, it's simple. It takes the average person about five minutes to read a chapter in the New Testament, some more, some less, depending on the chapter. Reading one chapter a day, six days a week, will begin at the end of January and will be done by Thanksgiving week. Five minutes a day. This is something even our younger students, as well as our teens and adults, can do. And we're going to make the plan available in several different ways. It's going to be in a printed brochure. You'll be receiving those in the weeks to come. You can stick it in your Bible. Check it off as you go. We'll have it on the website as well. And then if you're receiving the weekday devotions, and if you're not, why not, then you're going to get the readings sent to you automatically on your phone, on your tablet, on your computer. And you can sign up for those, and there you will have it. We can't make it much simpler than this. And if we engage in this together, what is God going to do in our lives? I don't know. But anytime God's people turn to God's word, revival occurs. And when we do this together as the body of Jesus Christ, I'm excited about the possibilities. Church staff has been working on this for months, but now you've got to do your part. And that occurs in several different ways. First of all, Be prayerfully considering this commitment as we go throughout the month, and be ready on Monday, January the 31st to start. Second of all, find a translation of the Bible that makes sense to you. Many of our older adults in Northside grew up with the King James Version, and that's what makes sense to them. For younger generations, you may well need a more modern translation. I personally use the New International Version. It's what I teach and preach from every Sunday. Uh, One of the most up-to-date and contemporary translations is the Common English Bible, the CEB, and it's written on a uh, USA Today level, and it's very accessible to uh, contemporary persons. But find a translation of the Bible, and then the third thing I would encourage you to do is to download a Bible app on your phone, your tablet, or your computer, Uh, What I personally like is YouVersion.com, Y-O-U-Version, V-E-R-S-I-O-N.com. It's free. You can have the app on your phone. Most of us don't go anywhere without our phone with us. If you've got a Bible app, you've got your Bible with you wherever you go. And the fourth piece is to make a time every day to read God's Word. We're creatures of habit. And make this as important and essential part of your routine as waking up, drinking a cup of coffee, brushing your teeth, getting dressed, taking on the day. Find a time and place. And there are a lot of different ways to read the Bible, but especially if this is relatively new to you, this is my encouragement read it like you would a novel, read it like you would a magazine. Look for the major themes and ideas of what's going on. Don't worry about what you don't understand. I promise you when you engage in a conversation with God, the Lord will give you enough to understand to work on for a lifetime. And remember, we're not doing this alone. We're doing it with one another, but God has promised the Holy Spirit as our tutor, as our teacher, as our guide. You see, the Bible is sharper than any two-edged sword. It is God-breathed, And when we open the Bible, we enter into a conversation with God. And we may think we're interpreting it, but it's interpreting us. So I invite you on a trip down Route 66 with your church family. There's no telling what we'll see. There's no telling what we'll do. But I can promise you the journey will transform our lives. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for your word contained within the pages of Scripture, and we pray for the grace and discipline in the days to come to engage in a systematic way of studying your word. Help us to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, and we ask that you would teach us, rebuke us, correct us, and train us in righteousness so that we might be thoroughly equipped for every good work In Christ's name we make our prayer, amen.